Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Morning Coffee. I'm Jess. And I'm James. How are you? I'm good. It's New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve. Almost Happy New Year. Yeah. Well, technically in the Philippines, it's Happy New Year. Almost are, huh? Getting texts already from cousins in the Philippines because they're in the future. That's right. Happy almost anniversary. Oh, yeah. We first met on New Year's Day. 2019. Five years ago. Five years. Yeah. And almost the anniversary of our city hall wedding in the eyes of New York State. Married. Mm-hmm. Eligible for health insurance. Mm-hmm. Married. Yeah. Anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, the driving force. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, we're getting into the new year. So I thought it might be a good idea to reflect on this podcast. Um, I know you know this, but I don't know if a lot of other people know this, but in all of the past years, dating back to think almost like 2016 or 2015 I've been doing like a year in review Mm -hmm. of how my year went so when I first started doing it there were like medium posts where I just like highlight the like top things medium.com yeah Yeah. medium Uh, it would be like an article where I just like go through the top things that happened Um, sometimes it would be in like chronological order and then sometimes it would be just the greatest hits, depending on how much things happen throughout the year. And then more recently, I think the past three or maybe even four years, I've been doing a YouTube year in review. Um, because when I was vlogging, I actually had video footage of things. So I was able to put together uh, like a year in review, a video version of a year in review. And I've been kind of like on and off youtube lately and since we've been doing this podcast relatively consistency consistently over the past few months i thought it would be cool to maybe this year do it in podcast form Mm -hmm. and then also maybe even learn about how your year went and get you to do these year interviews too yeah uh so i figured it would be a good idea to talk about how our years went Mm -hmm. for you you have your own like new year rituals i wouldn't call them resolutions they're a little bit different from a resolution but like in the past years you come up with your word of the year i remember we had our our relationship offsite was like Mm -hmm. the first or second day of the month was that like beginning of january yeah we did it we i think we went up to we went on a retreat like upstate um new year's eve weekend and we did our first relationship retreat, like at our two-year mark. Yeah, and on I New Year's think Day. no, I learned. I knew about your word of the year before that. Yeah. But I remembered I actually went through an exercise with you to help come up with what your word mm. should be during that retreat. Or you did some version of it I'm trying that to made me think of like, oh, I should also have a word. Yeah. Of the year. I think. Um, yeah, I was just talking about this with a friend of mine too, but like. My new year never begins in January. My new year is always an autumn thing for some reason. I don't know if it's because I I like have worked with students and have been on like this academic calendar for a while, but like I always end up uncovering my word of the year, my theme of the coming year in the fall. 
and this year there's a couple like last year i'm trying to remember what it was last yeah, year i feel like it was courage i feel like every year i wanted my word to be courage but then i would discover like a layer underneath that like i have to work through in order to get to a place of courage yeah like one year it was safety one year it was fear um it was like play another year yeah and but the thing is like so i keep thinking it's play but then i would uncover it right so under play i would actually need the courage to do things to play yeah right and this is all around art and stuff too but like but then i'm like okay so my year is going to be my word of the year will be courage but then i would reflect on courage and realize that in order to have the courage to something to do something you have to be able to navigate fear you know and do things that make you afraid um so then i had to spend a year kind of analyzing or picking apart my relationship with fear and in order to do that i had to (laughs) redefine my relationship with safety so it's a lot of like underlying layers for me Mm -hmm. but i think that this past year genuinely was an act of courage um and i i can go into the reflection of my past year and how it you know reflected courage if yeah yeah Yeah. um i feel like this past year was a lot of uncertainty and unknowing and you know december of 2022 i got laid off and 2022 was my first year in tech really and there was like a lot of newness that was happening in 2022 but the end of 22 marked a period of just this like instability that for some reason was also paralleled with this like sense of faith and trust you know and so and i think that's kind of what courage is it's like i don't know what's happening everything is uncertain but i feel fairly confident that i'll be okay and that the outcome will be fine. Um, so 2023 just kind of launched me into this year of like courageous uncertainty and just doing stuff and a lot of instability came with it. But in the midst of that, I felt grounded and calm, you know, like I got laid off twice. I spent a long period of time in unemployment. I was really reflecting on what my skill sets are and who I want to be in this world and what purpose I want to serve in this world and how I can do that and make an income. And of course, in any situation that involves a layoff and a long job search, there's a lot of just depression and sadness and, you know, like low self-esteem and stuff. But I feel that the difference between 2023 instability and previous years of instability was this like deep sense of knowing and trust. So 2023 was a year of courage for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we can go more into it later, but yeah, yeah, my word of the year. For me, I, my word that I said last year was publish and this was at a time when last December 2022, when you got laid off, that's when I left my full-time job and embarked on this journey to try and do my own consulting freelance thing. Yeah. 
So I was in this headspace like, oh, I need to create, I need to publish in order to like be seen and get more clients or advertise myself. I thought that with like not having a full-time job, I would have more time to do things like YouTube videos and, and other stuff like that. So I was in this headspace of like, oh, I'm just going to publish. I'm going to make a lot of things and put it out there. And what actually happened, I, I did make YouTube videos, but it wasn't any more than any previous year. Um, and they were more like vlogs. They weren't instructional or anything like that, that I sort of went into the earth thinking I would do a lot more of. Uh, why that happened, I think it was just, I, I didn't realize that like client work would take up a lot of headspace and it is tiring to do take on like five different clients at the same time. And it's also very tiring to like not have a consistent paycheck and always be in somewhat of like fear of where the next paycheck is gonna come from. So when I think about it, it's like, oh, I thought I was gonna have all this time to do whatever I wanted, but most of that time was spent like in a somewhat slightly fear state and also in a very um, like, gear changing type of atmosphere because mm. I was working for five different things at any one time. Yeah. Um, so I ended up not publishing as much as I thought I would. But on the other side of that, like we started the podcast and I started working on my personal website. I published my personal website. Yeah. And I like wrote a bunch of stuff from our trip, did written content. Um, I kind of fell off of that, but I, that's something I want to revisit again next year is like mm -hmm. actually spending time to write some articles. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I feel like my year was just filled with trying to figure out what it would be like to run my own business and sort of got the full taste of that. Um, and yeah, that's kind of just how it ended up. And yeah, as far as publish, I wouldn't say I published any more than any previous year, but it was a little bit more of an exploration of trying something out that I always wanted to try out to see what it was like. And ultimately, yeah, I kind of, you know, pared back from that and I ended up going back into full-time work again by the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think same with you. You start off the year with a certain intention and then it turns into something else. Yeah. Uh, for the rest of the year. I think that's what happens with everybody with resolutions is that they start off the year thinking one thing and then it transforms for them throughout the year depending on what yeah. happens and how things go. Yeah, and I feel like, I don't know, resolutions, like they're always just intentions for me, you know? And I think the interesting thing about the chaos of this past year is that there was... There were there was just so many parallel components of just like beauty and fun and joy. Like, yes, this was actually one of our hardest years together, I think, right? You know, like pandemic aside, you and I kind of fell into our own personal like lows this year and mm. really worked through that together. And I learned so much about how we support each other and how we can communicate with each other when things are really bleak and really f fearful right like we were in a really fearful place and we worked through it together which i i'm so like grateful for and almost like proud of like i think we 
really handled it with a lot of respect and um, compassion. Mm-hmm. And we also had a beautiful wedding. Yeah, that's the other side of that. Yeah. Like, as tough as some of our tough times were, we had our wedding this year. We got yeah. married, well, got married twice yeah. this year. Yeah, and uh, they were yeah. exactly how we wanted it. You yeah. know, no part of it was stressful. We created it. We created our own reality, right? Like, we created the kind of wedding we wanted. We cut out all the unnecessary pomp and circumstance that, you know, didn't align with who we are. And we almost, like, very smoothly flowed through it because we created our reality based on, you know, like, in alignment with who we truly, truly are. And I I kind of take that as a suggestion of how we can move through the rest of our lives, you know? I think one of the really powerful things that happened this fall before I ended up getting my job, um, the period right before I, you know, ended up interviewing for a role that I'm actually, like, really, really excited about was um, really low. And there was a distinct moment of time where I was like, I am going to surrender. Like, I think if I'm trying to make decisions and apply to things and just like force a path forward, um, it would actually be very much from a fear state. And none of those paths felt true to what I wanted, what I believed in myself, even though I couldn't articulate it. And so I made like an active decision to surrender with faith and let the current take me where it's obviously taking me because everything I'm trying to create for myself wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely feel that that act of surrender brought me into this really fascinating place where, you know, I'm working in a job that feels very aligned to all the things that I've been praying for. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I just, yeah. I feel like I also learned a lot about fear like making decisions out of fear this year when i think about like the most challenging part of the year which was when i basically had a client like skip out on me uh i think about how i ended up getting into that position in the first place uh and it was because of fear Mm -hmm. uh and what i just described about earlier when i was running my own business it's like always wondering where the next paycheck is gonna Uh, come from and this kind of weaves into our wedding because I intentionally took a few months of like not trying to get new contracts around the time of our wedding because I wanted to focus on our wedding I think that was also one of the benefits of not having a full-time job too is that I was able to self-direct my time and was able to spend uh, some time thinking about and planning for uh, our wedding and doing wedding related stuff Uh, but then once our wedding was over and it was time to go back Uh, to looking for work again I was kind of operating in a fear mindset because I was like oh I like what's I need to get back and get like some contracts again and um, it's kind of tough going from not having that momentum of consistent contracts and keeping them up to starting from scratch again and then looking for new clients so I ended up getting like you know reaching out to all different avenues like and then I decided to end up taking a client that was, wasn't even 
a like personal connection or personal recommendation and i think all the clients i had up until that point came from a personal contact that i trusted like a vetted uh, source exactly or, like yeah. either friends who like knew i was doing this or even uh, former co-workers who reached out to me and con- put me into contact with other people but this was kind of like i took a uh, a risk and i uh responded to someone who reached out to me that was in like a slack community that I was a part of and then once I met the people, there was like all these signs that were kind of like, eh, like, you know, I normally I wouldn't mm-hmm. like follow through with this, but you know, I was kind of operating in this fear state and I was like, oh, I just need a contract. Let's go, let's do this. And then that was yeah. what ended up putting me in a, like a really challenging spot because I ended up, you know, basically getting in contact with a scammer who ended up like taking a whole month of my time and not paying me. And I think that put me into this like, you know, really challenging part of this year. and in a way it made me super self-reflective about how everything up until that point went as far as running my own business Mm. and there are a lot of great things about running your own business having self-directed time being your own boss but then there's also a whole like like downside to that and it's been a downside that i've known about for a while which is why i didn't really freelance while working full-time and it kind of resurfaced all of the reasons why I shied away from doing freelance in the past and why I'm now in another full-time role again. Yeah. And I kind of realized that like, yeah, like it's so important to not operate from a fear mindset because that ends up putting you in challenging positions. And of course, you know, there's a lot of other like reasons that it's not like all because I made a poor decision. It's just I just realized that, yeah, whenever you operate from mm-hmm. a place of fear, you end up putting yourself in difficult situations. And I kind of learned a lot more about myself in that. And now I know uh, that when I make decisions that, like, try not to do it from a fear place, but more yeah. in like a, like a self-motivated, like, I want to work on this. You seem like great people. And like, you know, all the signs are there that there's like a good relationship there first before you take on work versus like oh i need a contract i need to bring money in and then taking a contract from that place so i just learned a lot about myself through that and i think that was my most challenging part of the year yeah i think being somebody personally who has been in a fear state for such a long time and is maybe only just now starting to experience what life is like outside of that hole I recognize how important it is and powerful it is to be like in a fear state and self-aware in a fear state and be able to reflect on experiences that occurred in fear states because you're able to almost like there is a certain strength and a getting stronger from it, right? Yeah. And that I think maybe 2 years ago was the year that I was exploring fear and I really just deep dove and like really had a lot of conversations with my fears and let them happen and let them come up and let them communicate to me and essentially kind of repaired my relationship with fear and it's in that experience and that reflection and that work that almost allowed me to recognize when I'm making decisions that are from a place of like love and trust and what that feels like and what that looks like so that when things become really scary again i have some kind of like raft 
like life raft because that I built, that I, I can trust and that I understand how it works. I feel that this this was a year of a lot of fear for not just you and me, but kind of just globally in the world. And I think, you know, it was just a this global theme of powerlessness that I think has been just pervasive through all the media and news and yeah a lot of people i know got laid off and a lot of people i know are grappling with like their fifth month of unemployment and if not longer and the like empowerment in a way of knowing that i can be afraid and still be in a state of trust in myself and like you and the people around me is incredible um yeah and really powerful yeah yeah i feel like with that theme for me even though i started the year thinking it was going to be published for me for me this entire year felt like one really long reset button Mm. Um, because after everything that I went through this year, and especially since we got married too, um, and then now in the fall, getting in, back into full-time work, I also feel like even more grateful, like when going back into full-time work uh, oh, yeah. and having a job, like I have a way fresher perspective about it. I remember when I was leaving my job last year. I in the back of my head I was kind of like oh fuck this like I could do better on my own like blah 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 um that now going back into it I have like a new lens on and I also like when I did go back into like the job search and looking for work and also going through like a really difficult period of like interviewing and not getting interviews and and things like that I started also understanding what I value Mm -hmm. in uh, whatever role that I take on next. And yeah, I think all of that combined is just this whole journey of 2023 was like one big reset button. Mm. And I feel like I'm carrying some mom- new momentum going into the next year that it feels like yeah. I'm like in a fresh new place, um, fresh new start, uh, and yeah. I'm like excited even though yeah it was just kind of this like really winding journey yeah it feels like a felt like a tumble dry like like you know like we come out all like fresh and clean and soft and you Mm -hmm. know but it was just this like tumultuous tumble dry situation yeah um that's a really good way to describe it it feels very similar like 2024 genuinely feels like the beginning of a new chapter and i know that like you know uh like every year is a new chapter and and i know that that rhetoric exists but i've been saying multiple times that 2023 felt like the closing of like a life chapter for me like not just a year but i feel like there's just a 10-year journey that i went on and i think it ended and i think there's a new chapter that opened a month ago and i don't ha- i'm i i have i don't know anything about what it's going to be but i f- i know who i am coming into it and a lot of my like realities and my truths that i've like formally held on to i just like don't have them anymore so i feel very fresh and in a state of curiosity and wonderment and learning 
because what worked for me before will most likely not work for me now. And also, I've learned so much in the past 10 years that contribute to this sense of like confidence and expertise and, you know, this new identity, whatever it's going to be, um, this new like 10 year chapter, five year chapter, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I resonate with what you said. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because there's a lot of people that are like, oh, like it does shouldn't take a new year to like do X, Y, and Z. And I say like, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, January 1st or it's your birthday. Like, I think it's super important to just put lines in the sand mm. to just check in. Otherwise, you're just in this really long thing that never ends. Yeah. And there's no way to like set clear goals for the next stage of whatever mm. it is. So that's why also why I like doing these year in reviews. And, you know, yeah, I, I used to be that person when I was like a teenager, be like, oh, like a new year shouldn't mean a reason to change everything that you're doing or like whatever. But, now, as as time goes on, I like realize that it's very important to put lines in the sand and just measure. Right. It doesn't hurt to like constantly measure yourself. I wouldn't even say that like you should wait a year. Like no. you should do it like constantly every month, every week, every day. Like yeah. uh, the more often you check in with yourself and just do like a quick measurement of where you're at and where you were, um, the better you'll carry that energy into the next year, into the next week, mm. into the next month, whatever it is that you want to check that interval in mm. um but yeah i think like yeah that, that's also why i do these urine reviews is to check in where if i didn't put that line in the sand i would never check in with myself and never be self-aware about yeah. what happened and where i'm going it's interesting because i'm i don't look back that often like i'm very much into reflecting on like my present and if my present if that brings up old shit then i you know but i it's not until these exercises where I almost like flip through month by month to see what happened during those months that I, I'm amazed at the things I have accomplished and it's really easy. They're small, they feel small, but they're actually kind of major and it's so easy to just like slip them by and not praise, you know? the 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 2023 just for working this hard and really like you know like i'll just be like all right well that's you know you should have done that let's move on to the next constantly only looking at growth is almost like spitting on the current version of you right or yeah. like the past version of you that worked really hard and so i'm really appreciative of this exercise because i also don't really i don't really look back on like the months and the, the things accomplished and name them out loud and honor them yeah celebrate celebrate them yeah 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 i guess um looking back on the year and just kind of picking out what were important highlights or moments of them i guess like a good way to do it is just going i wouldn't go month by month because i don't even think i could pick out one thing from every month i don't even remember what happened in like february for example yeah. of last year but i guess maybe like quarter by quarter or like season by season mm-hmm. um i guess just to think about what happened at the beginning of the year of course we had our our city hall uh thing our city hall marriage our thing, thing. <laughs> excuse me like on was it the third yeah it was of the january third. was like the kind of way we started out 2023 and i think the thing that i want to say about that is it's really cute our mom my mom came with us to city hall and I think the funniest part about that was Michael Santiago. Oh, yeah. He So our friend Michael Santiago, he works for Getty Images. He's a photographer. 
and he just so happened to be right outside City Hall because he was waiting to take photos of SBF, FTX Sam Bankman fried because he was like showing up at the courthouse literally across the street from City Hall. And we had just finished doing our City Hall marriage. We just like came out the door and it was actually raining outside. And he was like, oh my God, I'm right here. He yeah. literally was right at the corner yeah. with his all of his camera gear because he was on an assignment for yeah. Getty. And he was like, oh, let me take some photos of you. Yeah. And it was just like kind of really funny that. So that our just... first official photo was by like an official Getty photographer. <laughs> I feel actually the whole day was incredibly serendipitous. I remember us talking about that because we weren't going to dress up. It was just going to be like going to the bank. But then, you know, your mom thrifted a dress that ended up fitting me perfectly, that ended up matching a, a jacket that I thrifted that you ended up wearing. And so we ended up having these like perfectly coordinated outfits that were very us and very appropriate that were just like thrift gods. Like they were given to us by the thrift gods. Mm-hmm. And so like that fell into place. And then Michael happened to be outside and we got our photo taken. And then, you know, uh, it wasn't raining, so we had these like beautiful, like a little cute little photo shoot by the park by the water that your mom did for us, and it was just like a delightful, adorable day. And yeah, I, was I taught very my mom happy. how to use my camera to yeah. take some photos of us, and they were profesh, like they were like legit. They're pretty good, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I think so. To me, I can't think too much about everything up until basically our wedding. Our wedding was like the halfway point of the year, but trying to think of if I'm splitting up the year between like a first half and a second half, I'd say throughout the first half, to me, it was mostly just about wedding planning. You were working. No, I think you just black, you were working. I was working a lot. You were working so much. You had five jobs, basically. Yeah. You were working around the clock. You were figuring out what it meant to not have a nine to five. Mm -hmm. I was actually really excited about my business in the first quarter. I had a really great first quarter. If I, and I remember saying this to a lot of people in that, like in that first three months of freelancing, I was like, wow, I'm actually making more money freelancing than working full-time. And I was. If you, yeah. like, looked at my revenue for that first quarter, it was like, yeah. wow, I, like, this is great. This is a reality. It's possible. You were kind of going off on the high of, like, you're taking a step in the right direction, and this is what I'm supposed to do, and your people support you, and your network support you, and you were working, like, 24-7. Yeah, yeah I was, like, literally working up until... 10 p.m. that night because I was making proposals for new clients and then I was just like doing work as well yeah um I think it also helped that I still had I got like a retainer from the block with the so the block was where I was working full-time so after I left the block we I stayed on for like three months as a freelancer and I kind of was just continuing on relationships and then also like courting one. So I was just like busy. Yeah. So not only did I have five clients at one time, but I was also like making proposals for future potential yes. clients as well. You had momentum. You had really strong momentum. And yeah, I was busy. Yeah, you were really busy. I don't, maybe you're not like aware of that because you were just in your tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the outside in, it was definitely you were like just feet hitting the floor like just nonstop, and that's probably why you don't remember much mm-hmm. because you were just constantly moving yeah i mean yeah. all i remember from the first half of the year was the little bits of wedding planning yeah for some reason the one thing 
coming to my mind was when we got uh, DJ Ryan Vandal. Oh, yeah. Um, this is funny because I, I talked to a couple people on the phone. Um, but what struck me about him was like he immediately, like once I filled out his form on his website, he immediately like texted me. And then we were like texting buddies. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, he invited us to like brunch where he like DJs on the weekends somewhere in like Yonkers. And I was just like, Jess, you want to go get brunch and check out Hell this yeah. DJ? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was just like really funny that that ha- we showed up and he was like super chill. Yeah. Felt like we were friends. And yeah, yeah we just got him to yeah. go to our wedding. Like that, I think that was kind of a metaphor of a lot of wedding planning stuff that we just met people and we're that just like. A, a, that were exactly what we were looking for. That was really, really chill. We had very clear ideas of what we were you know we had a very clear brief yeah. and we met the exact people to to meet that brief yeah so yeah. it wasn't just ryan but he was kind of the epitome of like several different moments in that first half of the year where we were just like looking for people and then something yeah. magical we found the perfect person we just hit it off with them and then we you know i found like someone i used to work with was a doing wedding coordination Shout and out stuff to victoria so it's just like so many like i think that was the first half of the year was just like when whenever we did wedding planning we just magically found the perfect person for stuff yeah and, you know i think i do feel like all the people that we hired for our wedding feel like friends and you know on we're friends on instagram you know our photographer brian Sargent like likes our stuff and <laughs> send dms he's got cats stuff. we we love him still so yeah to yeah. me that was basically to me if i were to say the first half of the year up until our wedding there was like all these little moments of like wedding yeah. planning and finding really fun people and doing like these random fun things Otherwise, yeah, for me too, um, I did not go skiing at all, so I didn't really have. You we were any in ski money trips. saving mode, yeah. Because weddings are expensive, y'all. Like, yeah. holy crap. Yeah. So for me, I think like if I were to just say yeah. up until our wedding, those like little fun pockets of wedding planning were like the highlights. Yeah, I'd say that first quarter of the year, for me, was a lot of just tumultuous. Like you know, I was I was uh, starting a job in an early stage mental health startup that was um, based overseas in Israel, and it was just like a really interesting situation where the interview felt really smooth. I got hired really smoothly, and then like two weeks after I got hired, the VP that hired me got fired, and then like. A month after that, the person who was kind of my de facto supervisor, who was the head of social, quit. And it was just constant churning and um, like simultaneously learning marketing for the first time and then becoming the only person in charge of marketing within two months. And it was just a lot of just confusion and anxiety and sleepless nights and, you know, advocacy and just a lot of shutting I didn't see my family so it was just a lot of just chaos for me in the first few months um that's that's pretty much what I remember I I also don't remember anything else except working that whole season mm-hmm. because I had to and I couldn't figure out I had no footing and I needed to like constantly try to get footing yeah 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 so it was just a lot of work and a lot of saving up Mm-hmm. to make and recovering from work yeah yeah i mean to the good part of that was that you know like i said in wedding planning we didn't spend a lot of time like penny pinching or mm-hmm. anything like that because we wanted to 
Like we wanted just, what we wanted. Exactly. So I think that was like the good, the flip side of that is that, yeah, we worked, but also we like didn't, we like we had got, got to have the wedding that we wanted. I'd say it was also easier for us to spend on the things that we spent because we were kind of spending towards our values. Like we saved money on not doing all the other stuff that was dumb that we thought was dumb Mm -hmm. right and dumb is a very judgy word but like you know we didn't we didn't spend on like um frivolous act what you know extracurricular activities that were related to wedding planning and so we were able to put our money into the things that we decided to put our money into but i've never had so much fun planning an event until our wedding event planning usually gives me like incredible anxiety and type a and ptsd but i think like when two planners get together two creative people that are also planners get together like it was smooth like Mm -hmm. questions were smooth excel spreadsheet heaven (laughs) like it was great yeah that was a that was a true highlight yeah so i guess we could move on to that the biggest highlight of the year unless there was anything well i would actually say if i want to take a moment to reflect on what I learned in that first quarter, if I can. I yeah. actually, I remember thinking that I didn't learn anything at first because I, you know, the person who was supposed to be teaching me, they were all kind of gone. But in hindsight, those three months of having to do everything in marketing taught me so much about marketing and how it's actually incredibly crucial, so crucial to any vision that anybody has. Like, I talk about it all the time now. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, not not an expert, but I feel like I know my shit now. Yeah. So I am actually incredibly grateful for that just chaos. Yeah. Of When I think about the first quarter of work, um, I feel like that's that was like the most exciting time because I just work for a lot of different people. I think that's when I first started understanding the types of personalities that I like got along with and the mm-hmm. ones that I started thinking like, okay, I'm starting to actually realize there are certain types of people that I don't get along with, like working with. So I think for me, that was also the the newbie business owner, freelancer, like starting to understand the different quirks of like who I want to work more with and who the types of people that I've might want to steer away from even if they're like laying out a lot of money for me to yeah just different learning and leadership styles and collaboration styles yeah and I don't think I ever had that experience when I was uh freelancing early on I I didn't really get to that territory of of oh okay now I could choose between different personalities of Mm. I should take this type of work or not take this type of work yeah you're opening yourself up to the public in a way that was very new Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay yeah. Okay. So next season. Next quarter. Quarter. April so. to April to June. Yeah. Um, do you wanna do you wanna talk about yours first or? Well, I guess uh, same thing. Like I don't really remember much, but this was kind of just when I was starting to slow down a little bit because I was like, okay, I'm gonna not take any new contracts in May and June, um, and I kind of was winding down a little bit. But I also feel like this is when the fear started creeping in because it's like, okay, like now I don't have things forecasted. And I had a pretty robust spreadsheet. 
I created for like tracking my revenue and projections because I had to do it for taxes and all that stuff. And I just remember looking at my spreadsheet and being like, oh no, there's like nothing coming in in like June. yeah. Yeah, I mean like I think that time I would actually be getting in like, you know, because of the invoicing thing, you get you invoice after the work is done. So it's like, okay, I'm going to get some checks in, but I'm going to start getting worried in like July and August because I'm not taking on any new work. And I just remember that. That's kind of like, yeah. if I were to think of that second quarter, it was like spreadsheet, spreadsheet hell <laughs> because I made this robust spreadsheet to figure out. And then that's when I was like, oh my God, I owe so many taxes. Like, you know. Yeah, you learn that freelancing is actually like, 50% of your income goes to the government. Mm. Yeah, you actually feel it a lot more versus when you're working full-time and they just like take it out of your paycheck already and you don't have to think about the removing it from your paycheck. Yeah. And then also, yeah, you actually start to realize where all that money is going and how much of it is going, you know, to the government, to self-employment tax. And mm-hmm. self-employment tax is like a whole nother thing that you have to think about paying for that you never think about when you're working full-time. And yeah, I just, I think my second quarter was basically defined by that spreadsheet and yeah, fearing that spreadsheet because I wasn't taking anything new in, in May and June. Yeah. Um, I also want to say that you started building our wedding website in the second quarter and that was a lot of fun. Um, oh yeah. That was just coding from scratch and... Our wedding website was pretty fun and to kind of describe what that was like for, for people that weren't I think even guests of our wedding weren't aware of this but we actually bought two domains jamesandjess.com and jessandjames.com and I made it so that essentially like if you went to either one it looked like the same exact website but jessandjames.com was from Jess's perspective whereas jamesandjess.com was from my perspective like how we met and yeah so we had a section on the website that was our story so if you're on one site versus the other you'd either get my story of how we met uh and then if you went on the other one it was jess's version of how we met and that was like pretty fun putting that all together yeah just for some historical context this is like the ux designer experiment that he did to see like who people liked more (laughs) and whether or not our like name should be James and Jess or Jess and James and all of my friends and most of your friends said it should be Jess and James so he wanted data to prove you know using um yeah so on our invitations there was two QR codes for if you were if you like Jess better or James better anyway it was a little (laughs) bit of bias in there it was uh, just a very fun UX like yeah just a fun project and you know I think that's the thing, right? Like when I was freelancing and and do like I was craving a lot more of those projects, like self-directed projects, yeah, where I do things the way like I wanted them to be done versus always following what a client says. Right. Um and that was just like a really fun thing. Yeah, that's a good point so that you published I published something. Yeah, that second quarter was about making that wedding website and it was really fun putting that together yes it was a lot of fun and we were also like making you know we made a lot of stuff um second quarter for me was the layoff which was a blessing in disguise um because with the end of that job came the abrupt 
quieting of all of the anxiety that I was experiencing. And so I actually got to slow down and join you in a lot of this wedding planning, like the fun wedding planning stuff. And um, yeah, and then, you know, it, I was able to focus fully until the actual day of the wedding. And it was fun and it was great. And it was just an incredible, like, highlight, a party. Um, making your dress dress was made from scratch by you went my, to the fabric store a bunch of times yeah and... that was also just a just a exercise of trusting and believing someone else's vision and you know and it turned out beautiful um i tried to exercise my creative vision and i realized i didn't really have one in terms of that but i i really trusted um jessica yuan and she found the fabric that was somewhat aligned with like the original vision I had and nailed it and just killed it. And it was so much fun. Accidentally found the makeup artist. That was exactly what I was, you know, all this stuff. I, I know that this, I feel like this podcast is just like us talking about the wedding, but like the wedding was honestly the bright side, like the bright mm-hmm. parallel story. In, but that was our year. It like, was our That year. was our first entire first half of the year. It was. Um, yeah. Uh, my family flew in from Korea, so I got to see them for a while. And my I family guess, was here from the Philippines too. Yeah, and some some family members that I haven't seen in a long time too. Like Mosh yeah. was here, which is yeah. great to see. Yeah, um, that was fun. We went with your aunts around New York City. We went up to the World Trade Center. Yeah, did all that tourist did stuff. tourist stuff. That was that was fun. It was cute. Yeah, uh, and. Yeah, that I mean, that, yeah, that was essentially the whole first half of the year was yeah. wedding stuff. And I guess uh, reflecting on that quarter was also, you know, the words that are coming to mind is is that kind of cliche where it's like doors closing sometimes is a blessing. Um, I really, really benefited, I guess, from that job ending. Mainly mm-hmm. because my body was able to just be still, yeah, and remember what happiness felt like again. Like I went outside and walked with you in the sun for the first time in like four months. Like it was mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of my my theme is just like lean into the joy, um, just really lean into the joy yeah. and fully, fully be in it. And it's it's it was magical. Yeah. Okay, so wedding happened. Moving on to the third quarter, mm-hmm. uh, this is we're talking about from July to September. September. Yeah, and I guess this was kind of where things started getting challenging. And I guess I'll be like super transparent here. We like after the wedding was done, we and we paid all of our vendors and stuff like that. Like for me personally, it was just like, oh man, it's like yeah, financial. My like bank account after paying everything off was like okay (laughs) we need to get serious yeah i need to like get back on getting clients again and stuff like that and i think this was like when i realized like oh man it's not like a full-time job where you know you're getting two paychecks a month if you like i like and always knowing that a paycheck's coming in like when i was getting back into doing work i was like oh no like i haven't worked for the past two months so there's no checks coming in yeah um, and that's when I was like, all right, I need to like find clients. I need to do this and that. And I like just, it was almost like beginning a little bit of a job search where you just 
pepper spray all your different avenues, like looking for work, hitting up all my connections, and then also just posting in all the communities that I'm in, like posting my portfolio and like whatever, my resume. So that was kind of like the start of like, all right, got to get back into it, um, find, find work. And then, yeah, as I mentioned before, I ended up like taking on some work that ended up not panning out. But I guess in that moment, it felt like I was just back at work again and doing work and that Mm -hmm. stuff didn't really hit until um yeah pretty much the end of the quarter September where I basically spent that entire like end of that quarter um very angry and like chasing someone down who ultimately ended up not paying and so that that to me that 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 was kind of the like the (laughs) drop in the bucket that was like the low point of of the year for me yeah I think like mental health was something that really came up a lot during that month yeah um yeah i felt like yeah with all of that stuff i felt a little bit more like i had a shorter fuse <laughs> so uh, yeah like i think that that was that was third quarter time. was a really tough time to like get back into mm-hmm. like doing stuff and and so at the end of the quarter that's when i went from just flat out like trying to get new clients to now applying to to full-time roles I was like okay I think I need to find another full-time job so that was also the beginning of a very difficult job search Um, and for anybody who's who's been through that it's basically a whole lot of updating your resume and just looking in LinkedIn and all the job boards for uh, all any opportunity I, I think different you have a different approach to this than I did but I was literally like anything that was somewhat interesting and fit my skill set it didn't matter what the company or product was I was sending my like resume out to them yeah and I, I felt like I had to do that because I must have sent my resume out to maybe like 20 or 30 things and not one yeah like not even a phone screen or anything like that and yeah it just felt like uh yeah that was like the other part of feeling of despair at that time yeah. too and also just like rejection that's really hard to not internalize like when i hear people talk about the job search and i like also personally you know it's like dating and you're constantly like going on dates and submitting your request to go out on a date and they're either ghosting you or not responding and you're like but i thought i was a catch like i was a catch in the past like what's the deal you know so your confidence just erodes part of that too is that there's so many layoffs too that there's also just a ton of other people also applying to the same roles so the fact that we were in it with everybody else just made it that much more difficult yeah yeah that quarter similar for me but i took a much slower approach like i I just knew i needed to slow down and a lot of that quarter was spent looking at jobs and despairing because it was like okay all the jobs that there's like three possible directions i can i can take the next step in you know, it could be in marketing, it could be in project management, it could be in operations, it could be in writing. And so, you know, that's four. But um, most of the jobs that I saw and I applied for were either looking for specialists that were doing something for like 10 years, or they were early stage startups that were incredibly unstable. And I had made the decision to try and not 
work for early stage startups because at this stage in my life, it just didn't seem like a good fit. And it was a lot of job searching without knowing what I was good at. So I wanted to take a much more intentional approach. And then I also decided to just start talking to people, talking to strangers, you know, networking a little bit. Um, so that was one. And then the other thing that I remember from that quarter were like the interviews I was doing with my colleagues about just getting data and information on myself as a person and as a colleague and career wise and what are my strengths and what are the roles I should take. So I was doing a lot of just like, I don't think it's appropriate to say passive research, like passive job searching. Um, but I was just like really doing a lot of like market research on what the market was and what like the product market fit. I'm the product. What's the market? I was doing a lot yeah. of research on that. I think that's a really good exercise. I like almost wish I did that for myself. Um, but yeah, I feel like anybody who's in the same position of like not knowing, you know, even if you're just trying to create your own resume, like it's just a good exercise to learn from other people you've worked with yeah. or people who know you to like give you feedback on like, these are the things that you should lean into. And these are, you know, yeah. the things, areas of imp improvement. And yeah. then it kind of gives you an idea of like, all right, these are the types of roles that I should be looking for. Yeah. And I think, you know, for someone like you who has been a specialist for something in a long time, like the path seems so much more clear, but I've been a generalist for a really long time and was very new to the world of startup and for-profit and, you know, not non-profit life. And so I decided to defer and trust other people's, you know, perspectives because I had a very muddied perspective of who I was and what I was capable of. So that helped a lot. Yeah. And I think that gave me the opportunity and the clarity to enter the fourth quarter of the year, um, which was just like a much more targeted job search. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess that we can, you know. Yeah, the next, with. I feel like then fourth quarter basically started with our trip to, to Pacific, Pacific Northwest. Northwest. So when we got married and we were thinking like, we need to take a trip don't call it a honeymoon but we should do some sort of trip and we were trying to be like budget conscious about it all and we we're like yeah we could actually use a lot of our credit card points we also just needed to break out of just the depression and the yeah. rut of just yeah, needed, the past and, year and we, we needed take, some joy we didn't take any vacations yeah. up until that point we just needed to get away and like do something and we needed to remind ourselves that it was possible to still do happy joyful things on a budget yeah you know because we were backing ourselves into this space of like you know what's the opposite of abundance like um scarcity scarcity yeah it was like we were backing ourselves into this like scarcity space where we're like we can't spend anything we can't do anything we have to stay just in this corner because we have no money like everything's mm. terrible and we're like no there is joy. We've done it before. Yeah. We can have fun with, you know, and all of this can still go on. So, yeah. Yeah. So we did our trip to the Pacific Northwest. It was we great. went to Portland, drove up to Seattle, and then drove up to Vancouver. So we hit up the three states in the Pacific Northwest. And it was a fun trip. It was almost two weeks long, like 12 or 13 days, I think, if you include the red-eye right. flight. Yeah. Uh, and... 
yeah i mean we did it on a budget but not really because even we saved on a lot of stuff but then we ended up using the money on like things that we really wanted to splurge on like we had a couple nice fancy dinners but that was because we were able to save on on other areas of the trip and we were also able to have like do activities that didn't require spending that much money at all you know just renting a couple bikes around seeing friends eating at like local joints that were great yeah you know um and we we did hiking we hiked like we just did a lot of just fun stuff and to me it was still fairly budget conscious like most of our hotels were on points and yeah. flight was on points and that you know lavish stayed with a friend yeah stayed with friends or like lavish dining experience was done with points you know yeah. like we just shout out to points rewards yeah. points and then our <laughs> friends too like i had a friend in portland with the cider oh, farm and so we basically good. spent the evening there and stone circle us- cider and or listen that's the only cider that i was able to just knock back a lot and yeah. have no stomach issues like i don't know what purifying process they have but stone cycle ciders stone circle ciders in oregon yeah Ugh, good yeah we basically did a whole tasting of all of dan's uh fine cider alcoholic ciders there yeah it was great we i saw- walked around the farm yeah i saw a bunch of friends that uh used to be here and moved out there and yeah to portland and even seattle and it was just great yeah a lot of friends and we took it slow we really took it slow so that was like a really fun trip and to add to that both of us had interviews too while on the trip like job interviews i had like a two-hour interview while at an air in vancouver you had like two interviews yeah. while you were we were on vacation, so it was yeah. funny that we were like having a vacation, but also like hardcore interviewing at the same time. Yeah, for for really good prospects too, mm-hmm. um, things that we were pretty excited about, and yeah, I got the job. Yeah, and I didn't get the job that I interviewed for, but it ended up leading me to the job oh. that I ended up taking. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it, that that was like a little mini reset too of the year where it was just like like uh, something flipped yeah where yeah we were kind of in this like also like i was in this like anger and despair uh like mindset when we were going on that trip because like also while we were on that trip was when i was like arguing with the person that wasn't paying me so after that and the trip was magical too so it felt like after that trip that's when everything kind of the tides kind of turned i think during the trip because we made like a very intentional decision to move in joy Mm -hmm. (laughs) you get what i mean it's crazy how those things frequencies man that thing works out because yeah yeah, after that trip and we started that was essentially the start of the the fourth quarter of the year when it just felt like everything just kind of changed yeah and things started moving really smoothly a lot of alignment started happening and i think the theme of this last quarter which just flew by like i cannot believe this is the last day of the year yeah um i really do think that there's a certain sense of stability this year that we're like really relishing and savoring a lot more because you know we also made the decision to double down on full-time stuff because you know next year we might be talking about like family and kids and I love health insurance. Like, oh, I love health. I insurance. love health insurance. And I, I told you this like last year. I'm like, listen, you don't like value your health insurance until you lose it. 
and you have to navigate the world without it and when you get it back or you're paying $600 a month month for it trash for like yeah and man yeah and like so I've always been the kind of person that really valued like having a stable job Um, like entrepreneurship's cute and I'm learning a lot about it but I love a certain sense of like flexible stability yeah so the fourth quarter was about both of us making the decision to be stable Mm -hmm. you know intentionally yeah and it's been fun and like you know time has flown because yeah now we're back into full-time work uh but yeah i think to kind of do full circle about what i was talking about at the beginning of the year it was that's why it felt like the entire year was this great reset like Mm. it was like a year-long reset tumble dry cycle Yeah, yeah getting pressed and yeah, I just feel like we're going into the next year. And this is also why, yeah, I may have started the year saying publish was my word, but I think, yeah, the word ultimately ended up being reset. Mm. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's kind of how I feel about, yeah, all of 2023. This is the year of the rabbit, right? Yeah, maybe, I think so. Maybe the stereotype is true. Mm-hmm. Or not the stereotype, but like the the saying what is that this, what is the saying the saying in in chinese astrology chinese zodiac is that when it's your year it's kind of the quote-unquote worst year because you're restarting your cycle basically so that liter- that's literally what happened yeah so huh because you know you've just come back full circle 12 year cycle and mm-hmm. you're beginning a new one yeah fascinating have you thought about next year what your word yeah at least your word I mean, so the word kind of, the two words emerged in the fall. Um, One is connection. I think, you know, and in that loneliness podcast that we did, I was talking so, like, I've had a a realization of how lonely I was in the past few years. And I definitely think the pandemic kind of, like, made isolation a safety mechanism kind of thing. And I very actively want to redefine that i i want to build my networks i want to and you know speaking as somebody who's like fairly introverted and like loves to not to be by at home like Mm -hmm. you know but there's a part of me that wants to just have fun spontaneously with friends again um i'm feeling very nostalgic for a lot of my friendships and so i i know connection is one of the words and then one of the things that came out recently was completion is also a word that came up we'll see which one it ends up being but not only was this a year of completing cycles for me but i i want to be very intentional about completing my actions and completing things i start whether that's physically like closing a cabinet door and keeping my hand on the door all the way until it closed instead of letting go halfway to start something else and accidentally slamming it. Mm-hmm. I had a really beautiful conversation with my friend Lynn yesterday about um, just, you know, completion and slowness and awareness. Um, and, you know, I'll, maybe I'll talk about that another time. But um, in that conversation with my friend Lynn, one of the other things that came out that I really want to be intentional about in this year is being slow. Mm-hmm. I think like, I'm most grounded and I'm most in my power when I'm actually moving slowly. And I think I was able to stay in my power and remain in like a place of grounded, trusting faith in this past year because I was making an active decision to be very slow and very observant. Mm -hmm. 
And so to me in this coming year, that's a practice that I want to really sharpen mm -hmm. and just return to my kind of like slow, yeah. observant, mindful state. So connection, completion, and slowness, I think, are like the themes I'll be playing around mm -hmm. with in this next year. Yeah, and I'm not going to misquote this, but our friend Alice's, and oh. our friend Matt has a saying about slow. Slow it's, it's, is smooth and smooth is fast. Yes. And I do believe that, like, when you think about it, because he said it in the context of hiking. Mm. And, you know, when you're hiking, you don't want to go too fast because that's when you end up tripping, falling, you know, making a mistake. Like rock climbing, bouldering. like Yeah. That kind of and if you just take things slow, like, if you do things more smoothly, um, then it goes faster. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to be, like, the quickest person doing something. But as long as your intentions and your movements are smooth, and if that means slowing down to make sure that it's smooth, you end up going yeah. faster in the grand scheme of things so yeah and also it's just my rushing comes from a place of fear mm -hmm. right my my rushing comes from a place of like oh my god i got it and then i'm not like i'm i'm tunnel visioned i'm not i'm not making connections and i can stay slow even in a place of fear and my vision is wider and i'm smoother and yeah. I'm completing things and I I feel my feet on the ground in a way that makes me feel so much safer in turbulence than shutting down and withdrawing and disassociating and disconnecting and rushing. So my intentions for 2024 is actually to be slow. Yeah. On my side, I've been thinking about this recently, but I also think it's been something I've been thinking about for the all of the past few months and I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast too but I'm trying to explore like myself and what I like uh, and I told you this and this is you know my year of doing freelance work for a bunch of different clients like a lot of my work is basically doing stuff for other people's tastes and what other people like and just you know in service of the client everything I produce is what the client likes I never fully took a step back and understood what do I like if mm. I were to create something for myself this is what I want it to be I mentioned this earlier like our wedding website was like yes that was like a little bit of something I created something in the way that I wanted it to be created and I want to explore that more uh, and I mentioned this too that like it, it's kind of an exercise that I'm doing a lot lately where I'm thinking about the kid version of James uh, that hasn't been like influenced by society and like what what does the kid James naturally gravitate towards? So what is my natural inclinations to do like what are the things that I'm interested in and, and identify that and do more of that whether that's just things that I want to do like activities I want to do or even like art like if mm -hmm. I were to create a piece of art that I think looks good, what does that look like versus what a client or like a, someone who's observing thinks? Uh, and you know I've gone through this journey with YouTube videos too of like oh should I create this video but people aren't gonna watch it and it's like well who am I creating this for <laughs> is it really to just create something that I think other people are gonna like or is, this just, or is this something that I like and that's why I'm creating it so I think in the next year I want to find out more about what James yeah. likes and naturally gravitates towards and doing more of that so like I think the word for me is like me <laughs> Uh, or I don't know how else to me like encapsulate great. that in yeah. like a word. 
So I think for me, I think I want to spend the next year navigating what Mm -hmm. I personally like, my personal tastes, and to like shun out like is it is that what I actually like or am I only doing this because I think other people are gonna like it? Because I feel like every time I, I call it like what is your natural hand? Mm. Um, and I think about this because if I if you were to take a blank page in your uh, notebook or whatever and just draw like draw a face, what is the face that you draw? Uh, do you like it or do you not like? It? And I feel like you know for a long time I I hated my natural hand. Anytime I'd try to draw a face or draw anything, I just think it's ugly and it looks like trash. But I want to learn to embrace my natural hand. Yeah. Uh, like whatever face I draw, like do I think it's ugly because like I'm comparing it to what other people think looks good? I think I should just learn to embrace what my hand naturally draws on paper. And I think that's that's kind of encapsulating like what I want to learn more about and embrace more in the next year. Damn, that is beautiful. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. So, that was basically 2023. Yeah. And what we're looking forward to in 2024. Yeah. It's gonna... I'm really excited to do this year with you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and, yeah, hopefully there's gonna be a lot more of these podcasts. I've been really enjoying doing these podcasts too. And for us i think it'll be a good record just like all of the other i sometimes will go back to my youtube or go back to the medium articles of my past year interviews and like look back on it and be like holy crap that's what i yeah went through that year or those are the things that i picked out in that year and i think this podcast is actually a good record of of this year my archival my archivist <laughs> thank you for being such an archivist <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see you in the next one. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye.